Welcome into the Fantasy Addicts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Mike, and I am a fantasy addict, joined by co-host Nikki B. That's me. How's it going? So far, so good. Happy to be back in the studio talking about some I fantasy know. football. It's been too long. Missed last week. Why, why, why did we miss last week? Well, so? let's tell the people. We went to a... Uh, a fantasy football trade and beer summit, <laughs> and I walked away with more beer than trades. Uh, tell them the trade that you made in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Yeah, I traded basically a cream hunt, a future pick, and a couple other pieces, and ended the night with OBJ and Nick Chubb on the team. So now you also gave away the one three in this year's draft. I did. Correct? Okay, I did. that was something you glossed over in that pack. I mean, it's not really important. You know, it, so, it's just gone. It's Nick, just free. Going with the win now move. Also, we had uh, another league mate who made a big move, ended up with Derrick Henry and Michael Thomas. And although I didn't do anything to really help or hurt my team, by virtue of your team's getting better, (laughs) I feel like my spot in the power rankings slid back a couple there. So I am concerned. I would agree. And our league has hit a point. We had a flurry of trades, uh, got some new active users in, had some other guys kind of step back. And... It's been a lot of fun. We've enjoyed it every time. Just somebody makes a trade, we get to all flame them, you know, give our two cents, whether it's, oh, yeah. you know, unsol- everybody always loses. Fully unsolicited. <laughs> um, yeah. How is it that every trade, everyone is the loser? Uh, that's yeah. just what happens yeah. when you're in a league full of guys. But uh, breaking some balls. But overall, I think that it's been good for the league um, just as far as getting people engaged, having fun. Uh, we probably wouldn't have got that group of guys together to hang out had we not had all that kind of activity going on and picking yeah. up. And I like how some of the participants lied to their wives about where they were. They couldn't. <laughs> they couldn't. Not me. Like, they couldn't tell their wives oh, exactly no. what they're doing there. You know. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. All right. What's well, so bad about it? I you know? feel like I they were all just responsible gentlemen, <laughs> and uh, I hung. I hung in there. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Sorry>. right. <laughs> but. Anyways, that brings us into kind of what we're talking about now. So a subject that I wanted to look at was just uh, handcuffs for fantasy football. And a handcuff, if you don't know, is if you have a running back who is the starting running back on a team, and then there is another guy on the team who is kind of his backup running back or the guy that would take over that position where that player to get injured. Um, you can technically do it with quarterbacks and wide receivers as well, but it's do just, it with any position. Yeah, it's just less uh, less optimal than you know running back usually. Yeah, and running back I think is one of the biggest ones that people do it with because just that opportunity that you run that you walk into as a running back seems to translate better to the next person than like a wide receiver. So if Devonta Adams goes down, the next wide receiver on the team is no Devonta Adams will not produce the same. Right. However, if somebody like, let's say, um, Chase Edmonds goes down and James Conner comes in, again, I know you don't like either of them, but like they can produce at a similar level. Yeah, because they're both bad. <laughs> there you go. I see what you mean. All right. So in a dynasty league, because there are so many bench spots, in our league, I went and looked, and basically every handcuffed on all thirty, every handcuff on every thirty-two teams that is available is owned right now in our dynasty league. I would expect that to be so the case. That is a good indicator that they have a certain level of value in dynasty. In redraft, it's a little different. I think, and we'll talk about it on our list. There are a certain group of more high-end handcuffs that are worth having um, because if the player that is in front of them goes down, who you had to take early, if you can get them in like the seventh round, we'll say then they can produce at high that high level and still be, you know, a running back that you will use on your team over, let's say you held like a Zach Moss or some a lower level running back that you could have got at the same time as like a Tony Pollard. Um, Welcome in, so go. Welcome in. Hey. Getting back to it. So <laughs> I have compiled a list just on my own here. Um, so unique to the show. And before we jump into that, Nick and I had a little bit of an argument on the last show as to whether the handcuffs matter at all. Are they important? Are they useful? If you have a handcuff on your team, are you definitely going to lose because they're not good? Will they be able to produce? So I did dive into it just to get a, a quick rundown. And let me tell you, out of the top 36 running backs, so that's running backs, you know, running back ones, twos, and threes. If you're not familiar, running back ones, one through 12, and then so on for every, you know, subsequent 12. Um, out of the top 36 running backs, I considered 14, maybe 15, if you count Daryl Henderson, who was just outside at 37, um, were in those top three tiers of running backs. So the top 36. I'll read them off real quick. 
Um, so in this order, James Robinson at number seven. So at a certain point in the year, he no longer became the handcuff. But at the beginning of the year, if you were trying to figure out who the running back on that team is, there's a couple teams like that right now where we don't know exactly who's going to take over and dominate a backfield. If you can hit on those guys, James Robinson, you could have got in the fourth round of your dynasty startup or I mean, in your dynasty um, rookie draft at the very end of any other draft right. you were doing because people weren't aware of him. So if you hit on some of those guys, it just shows that there's a possibility, although very minuscule, the chances are not high, but it can happen. The next one, you kind of get into some of those guys that are, they're not the the number one running back on the team, but they're kind of like the 1B. So Kareem Hunt was one. He finished at running back 10. Yemi Hines at running back 15. Um, the next one on the list was another guy similar to James Robinson. This was a true handcuff. So a backup to a running back that if you had Christian McCaffrey um, and you had grabbed Mike Davis, Mike Davis came through and he ended up as running back 16 on the year. So that was a good example of having a, a handcuff that ended up paying off. And Mike I Davis was on. I was not was one I was not high on. I but. still think it's a bad example because we didn't even think Mike Davis was the handcuff handcuff at the time you know he wasn't even owned by most people as his handcuff at the beginning of the season it just kind of worked out that way and he was a surprise start and he yeah. was actually good you Mike know, Davis short time. might have been one that I was the most strong on on fantasy players last year because I had Christian I was looking at Mike Davis he was out on the waivers in our dynasty league he's like I could just grab him and have him as a cuff but I didn't believe that that team was good enough that he could come in and produce at that same level. I thought it was more Christian's talent that was, you know, causing but him to produce. I think that's part of the argument is it's so hard to predict who's going to take over those snaps. You know, are, is it going to go to another running back? Are they going to go to more of a passing offense? Is the quarterback going to take those running reps? You know, I, I think it's hard to predict even who that secondary running back is going to be and the, you know, expected output. I got them all, and I'm here to tell you. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, so other ones after that. Um, Chase Edmonds for the Arizona Cardinals, who has now kind of worked his way into a uh, kind of 1A, 1B running back. But he finished his 21 last year. McKissick, at the end of the year, he got a lot of receptions. This is in half PPR, but in a full PPR, he had even more points. But he was running back 25. After him, Tony Pollard was 27. Gaskin, who... Gaskin was another one where it wasn't necessarily he was a handcuff. It was just one of those muddied backfields where you weren't sure who was going to emerge as the guy. Yeah. Um, most people were kind of thinking that Matt Breida and Jordan Howard, who they brought in, would be the guy. But it just, you know, Gaskin. Apparently not. Found I think the they work. forgot Breida was on the roster after like four weeks. So like, oh, I forgot. We have yep. Matt Breida too. So now we're getting down later in the list. But Gio Bernard, 31. Jeff Wilson, 32. Uh, Singletary, 33. Wayne Gallman for uh, the New York Giants, 34. Well, and Sogo says, I thought Devonta Freeman was the cuff last year. got burned. So, for which team? I can't remember. Was he on the team before he went to the Giants? So, Freeman, I want to say that he was on the Raiders, but is that... I don't know. I think no. he went to the... I know he was on the Giants at a certain time. I can't remember. I think it was before Gallman, and then actually Gallman was a little bit better than, than okay. Freeman was. But I see your point. So, now Devonta, sure. I believe, is... No, Freeman ended up on the Giants. They signed him, and then he got injured. That's what happened. Yeah, correct. Um, Latavius Murray, um, Brian Ed or not Edwards. Um, let's see, different Edwards, and then we got Henderson. So again, just a number of guys. So going back though, did any of these guys really help you win? There were three that finished as the number one running back on a week, not a running back one, not the top twelve, the number one, okay. and those three we had. Jeff Wilson, one week. Uh, Mike Davis, one week. And let me see. The third one um, was Tony Pollard. So that week that Zeke was out at the end of the year. Okay. Week 16, out of the top 24 running backs, how many of them were handcuffs? Give me a guess. I don't know. Uh, six? 11. Okay. So almost half of the running backs. Here's who they are. And again, Gaskin is kind of an outlier. But Gaskin was number two. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan for Cincinnati was number three running back uh, on week 16. Number five, Jeff Wilson. Six, A.J. Dillon. Eight, McKissick. Ten, Gio Bernard. Seventeen, Juszczyk for the 49ers. A fullback somehow managed to break in. Um, and then you had Leonard Fournette, Edwards, Hunt, Moss. So I'm just saying that, like, there comes a time where you think, oh, that guy's not going to be useful. And then they're the running back two, three, five. Uh, the only thing in that you're proving, though, game. is like you need those elite running backs because, like, this is a terrible list of like if you're starting these guys, you, you weren't starting these guys. That's the thing. I, I don't think even if they were the primary ball carrier, are you starting Usechek or Jeff Wilson 
you know, first week out. No. And a lot of times these guys had the number one weeks after their, you know, starting player got hurt in that game. So you didn't even get to start them for that big performance. So I, I just don't know how much you can buy into these numbers. I think it just leads into more like if you don't have uh, one or two stud running backs from the draft that stay healthy throughout the whole year, like you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Uh, so it says Boston Scott and Devontae Booker were disappointing as well. Um, yeah, I mean, Mike's been trying to sell Boston Scott for anything in our dynasty league for about a month. Now. Yeah, the drafting of Kenneth Gainwell really, I dropped Boston Scott eventually. Someone did pick him up. They picked him up <laughs> off the waiver, so I could have maybe got a couple of fab for him if I had held out. But, oh, man. all right, this is week seven of last year, so this is not the finals. This is just, this is the rundown, because this was another week that was just littered with handcuffs being relevant. The number one uh, running back on the week, Jeff Wilson with 32 points. After that, James Robinson, 31. Then you have Kamara. All right, we know him. He did good. He stayed healthy. He was a difference maker for a lot of leagues. Next one on the list, Chase Edmonds, 21 points. Next one, my guy, Jamal Williams, 21 points. After that, Todd Gurley, 21. Gio Bernard, 20. Kareem Hunt, 19. Then you got Antonio Gibson. And then my guy at number 10 on the week, Boston Scott, 18 points. It happened once. <laughs> I don't know why people didn't come running for him. But, but that's what I mean. Like, you can't predict these things. Like, but you will need to have these handcuffs on your team if you want to win in certain weeks because there won't be other running backs that perform better. If you had Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derrick Henry in week seven, you wouldn't have won that week because I those weren't the guys that produced. Hey, Bear fan. How's it going? Hey. I don't want to waste draft value or trade value or anything on acquiring and holding players that can only start on my team if one of these other players gets hurt. Like, I, I want to have starting caliber guys that could break out and could have a you know big performance in their own role going forward not just for one or two games I mean we saw Delvin Cook go down last year for a game and you know Alexander Madison who is a, a premium handcuff I had him on my team I threw him in there for that first week it's like man it's a, a bad defense we should be good to go and he gets you like three points you Alexander know? Madison was the best example of a hyped up handcuff coming in getting the chance and being bad that was definitely the one that sticks out in my mind, and I still believe that Alexander yeah, so Madison exactly. um, has some potential. That's the one that everybody got burnt by, and it maybe soured a couple people. But well, I think we didn't have a, a few great Mike Davis games either. You know, he had like three or four really good ones at the beginning, and then all of a sudden it tailed off, and he was only getting four or five points a game with you know still a, a lot of touches. So I, I just don't think you don't know what you're getting. I I'm still trying to trade pieces to get a new running back if mine is going to be missing uh, an extended amount of time if you can do that i get that strategy but you're going to have to give up high value pieces to get those players like you're not going to be able to take the generally speaking the wide receiver you got in the sixth round and flip him for a running back that somebody got in the right. fourth but round. here's the thing there's only so many premium players right so that's true in, in the draft they get dispensed out everybody gets a couple of premium players and then you have to fill in the gaps and you know find some deals on waivers and you know find some hot trends and maybe make some trades but like if you have a, a your stud wide receiver or stud running back go down you know it's such an it's an uphill battle just to have a chance at winning once that happens you know regardless if you have their handcuff or not you you're better off trading any depth you can or trying to upgrade another position or you know you have to make up for that and you know just throwing in a handcuff and wasting a bunch of bench spots on you know stuff that's not really tradable even you know i think it's just a, a waste of of, of assets well you know you got to do more than that yeah i think that there are a couple a couple qualifiers. So the first thing is the uh, the depth of your bench that you're playing in the league, that matters. If you only have four bench spots, then I am not an advocate for getting handcuffs. If you play in a large league or a dynasty league where they have 10 bench spots, I think it's definitely worth adding those pieces. The reason that I think it's important is to win fantasy championships. They just added another game to the NFL season. I think you're going to need running back depth. You, you've needed it in the past as it is. With another game, I think it's going to matter just that little bit much more. And how do you acquire depth that you can actually use on your fantasy team? You won't be able to get picks in those late rounds that are the starting running backs. You won't be able to get those premium guys. They'll be off the board. A lot of the mocks I'm seeing in the top three or four rounds, you know, they're gone. So what do you do when you're trying to build depth for your running backs? Your theory, which isn't, again, it can work, especially if you're in an active league where people trade, is to acquire the highest value kind of best player available picks taking them, packaging them, and then if somebody gets injured on your team, trying to acquire 
a higher level running back that's already got the starting job to put on your team if you lose your guy. That's not a terrible strategy. I'm not necessarily against that. I just know that it can be very difficult to buy running backs, especially mid to late season, and also that what you have to put together to get that that person to give you that running back is going to be costly and will likely hurt some other level of your team. Um, that's why I'm an advocate. I'm not saying take the the handcuffs with your you know top six, seven picks, but when you get down to like you know that tenth, eleventh round. And you're picking between a serviceable wide receiver who you won't be able to trade, who will never break into your starting lineup because you have other good wide receivers, or say a Tony Pollard and Alexander Madison, um, just one of those guys who they don't have value unless the injury happens before them. If you can handcuff your own guys, they also like that because it's like an insurance policy where you know, okay, at least if this, you know, if, if Zeke goes down because he's old, not good anymore. At least I can plug in Tony Pollard right away, and he should have a similar kind of production. So um, let's so, go to the chat real quick. So, hold on one second. Uh, so Alexander Madison, um, like I said, it's just the easiest example, gotcha. uh, is going off the draft boards, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, at 10-4. Okay. And this is, who, this is who's going around him. Curtis Samuel, Jonu Smith, Antonio Brown, Mike Kosicki, Mike Williams. Like... LaVisca Chenault's down here just a little bit after him. Jerry Judy is down here a little bit after him. Travis Etienne, he's going above Travis Etienne. I mean, ETN or whatever. You would think his draft stock would kind of go up as we get later in the season here, but uh, there's still so many good players that you would have to take that handcuff in front yeah. of. And this is older kind of average draft position data before the rookies, everybody got to know him. ETN is going much higher than that. He's probably going in about the fourth round, which yeah. is still probably low for but, where but he's going to go. That doesn't change the Curtis Samuel and Antonio Brown and Mike Gusecki. And Mike. So there's still value, LaVisca Chanel. There's still value here. So if you go down the list a little bit farther, let's yeah. look at kind of um, Daryl Henderson, Gus Edwards, Latavius Murray, like that range of guys. What round are they going in on this list? So Henderson's going at 13-11 around uh, right. Elijah Moore, Darius Slayton, uh, Darnell Mooney, uh, let's see, Giovanni Bernard is another one of your... Gio, yeah, Gio so is now on Tampa Bay. I liked him better when he was on uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Caesar always put a playmaker wide receiver in the flex. I I would agree for the most part. It depends on kind of where I'm at in the week and, you know... Yeah, if you've got... Again, there are some people that believe in putting that boom-bust guy. I think it depends on the team you're playing. If you're favored, if you're going into that, you know, kind of that that Monday night game and you have a solid lead, but if you need to make up 30 points, yeah, go ahead and throw a Marquez Valdez Scantling or, a, you know, a Miko Hardman in there. But, so pocket says Chubb and Hunt. Is that a handcuff or one, a one B? So that I would consider a one, a one B. So let me jump into my list of handcuffs. So uh, I think this is an interesting one. So in this, uh, trade summit that we had in Chicago, Heath, by the way, we went up to trade with, uh, um, Alex from the dynasty league you're in for a season. Uh, Brandon Jamerson and uh, Ethan, and we all met so up. And, all of his friends don't like him, and they want to hang out with us. So that's <laughs> kind of where we're at. Like, um, but I traded. I did a trade at the same time. One to get rid of Cream Hunt when I was receiving uh, Nick Chubb because I didn't want to have both on my roster. You, you yeah, I think that's a pair that I would definitely want to have both on my roster. I just don't want to have to be decide. I I, I don't have to decide, but. Hunt is always just going to be capped a little bit because Nick Chubb is on the team. I'm not saying he's bad. It's just I would have to play Kareem Hunt over a, you know, really good wide receiver that I think has just a much higher ceiling than Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt is very consistent, but he just doesn't have quite the ceiling. Um, A.G. Dillon going to be a great cuff, I think. Cheap as hell. Um, I just don't – I guess are we believe Aaron Rodgers is going to be there is one part of that. And two – you done messed up, A.A. Ron! I, I could see the A.J. Dillon story if, if Aaron Jones struggled to punch the ball in, you know, on the goal line. But Aaron Jones is great at punching the ball in on the goal line. So I just don't see uh, the same type of Jamal Williams role for A.J. Dillon. I still think he's going to get it, you know, close to those numbers, but I'm not worried about it for Aaron Jones' sake. Yeah, my worry with A.J. Dillon is that he could be a guy who, if he doesn't get those touchdowns, could run for, you know, 80 yards a game, no touchdown, and end up with, like, you know, eight points. I don't think he's going to run could for fall yards again. Oh, maybe not. Um, AJ Dillon, Jones I like AJ Dillon. I don't love him. Uh, he had a couple good games where he showed some flashes of just power last year, but just the scouting report when he was going into the NFL, 
the Packers liked him. They, uh, you know, they reached to get him, but so AJ Dillon's going at the back of the seventh round See, ahead of Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Kenyon Drake, this list Robbie is not, Anderson. We need to get a new list that's more up to date. But I mean, um, so let me go through the guys right now. So in that kind of that first tier, I have where they're not necessarily a cuff. It's more the one A one B. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, I have them at the number one kind of All right, this new time. list from Fantasy Pros, A.J. Dillon is... In the ninth round. That's a, a little more reasonable, um, but still high. Exactly, yeah. People are high like on A.J. Dillon. Beginning of the eighth. But uh, ahead of Devin Singletary, Jamar Chase, Marvin Jones, Curtis Samuel, Matt Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Jerry Judy. I mean, Jerry Judy's just getting buried out here at wide receiver 44. I'd much rather have Jerry Judy. Yeah, I think the Packers, uh, one of the good reports that came out was about a running back that they picked up, um, Kylan Hill. I want to say they took him in like the seventh round of the NFL draft, so it was later, but they seem to like him. Um, Pocket says uh, Jacobs and Drake in Las Vegas could be interesting next year. Drake sucks. Jacobs is going to be a top 10 running (laughs) back. So I did list Kenyon Drake as the handcuff for Jacobs instead of the 1A, 1B. Let let me get through the 1A, 1Bs. The Browns, next one I have is Denver. Um, There's some good reports coming out about um, Javante Williams and that Melvin Gordon hasn't looked good. But, again, it's early. It doesn't matter a lot now. But they're still kind of that 1A, 1B. I think uh, Javante will overtake him as the year goes on. I look at them kind of like a, a Mark Ingram and uh, J.K. Dobbins last year. I think that's a very similar kind of situation. Next one on the list, you're not going to like it, but Jacksonville Jaguars, they could just fully decide not to use James Robinson, but it could well, very easily because <laughs> you hate Robinson. You think he's dead, he uh, but they could end up using them a little bit like a 1A, 1B situation where they could have ETN kind of moving out on the outside and then they could have... Um, Robinson doing more of the up the middle stuff. Next one on the list, I got Tampa Bay. It's kind of a muddied backfield. Um, we'll see how much Fournette. He didn't look good in the regular season, looked good in the playoffs, so maybe that works out him and Rojo. And the next one I have on the list that's just a little muddy, but right now the 49ers with Jeff Wilson. I know you think he goes down right away. If he does, Trey Sermon to the moon. I like Trey Sermon too. But right now it seems like they're kind of close as far as who's necessarily going to get the, uh, the workhorse. There's no workhorse at the moment. After that, we've got... Similar situations where there's kind of two guys where there's not one guy who's just head and shoulders above the rest, but they're just not as good of a running back core. I've got the Arizona Cardinals with Edmonds and Connor. Next one, New England, where they've got Sony and uh, Harris. And also Ramondre, Ramondre the Giant, my guy, uh, rookie taken in the fourth round. Next one, Buffalo, which I'm pretty full out on Buffalo's backfield, but there's some people saying, hey, Moss is going so late. If you can take Zach Moss and he can emerge. I feel like I've been out on most of the backfields you've mentioned so All right, far. Well, you got to pick one eventually. You don't have to. Um, you can pick one of the, the high-end guys. Singletary, the, the other one back there. I think Zach Moss, if he's healthy, is better uh, as a runner. I think he gets better yards. He gets the goal line work. And the next one is the Colts. Yemi Hines, I just think, I wouldn't, It's he's not necessarily the B. He's not necessarily the handcuff. He's almost like, I hope they don't use Cohen as. Cohen sucks. He's more the scat backy pass receiving guy, um, kind of just the lightning to to the Taylor Thunder. So Colts RB is in defense, exactly. Right. I agree. Um, Here's the thing. There's I'm looking at the list of running backs here. I mean, from Christian McCaffrey all the way down to DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery at like 17. CEH is down here at 21. Yeah, Nachi's like down here at 22. Like there's enough. There's enough one A guys like the the lead running back on their team that we shouldn't have to worry about these other guys. If you're worried about starting Mike Davis, if you're worried about starting um, Raheem Mostert or you know David Johnson, James, like you've already lost. You've already lost. You need to get two of the premium running backs, and by that I mean anybody in the top just in your 15 in your draft 18. in your draft one hundred percent. You need to leave your draft with two of the top running Correct. backs, if not three high level running backs. I'm saying that as the year wears on, you will very unlikely that all three of your stud running backs that you drafted in the first, second, and third round continue to be your running backs and are available the whole year. Unlikely. So you need running back depth to win those weeks. You're going to be going against teams who have also lost running backs. You're going to go against teams on bye weeks. You're going to need one. If they go down, you're going to need one, a little bit of luck. Two, for them not to be gone during the playoffs. Like if you have a good team, you're still going to make the playoffs anyway. You got to make sure they're healthy for the playoffs. Like, and, and and three, like if if you they do go out, you still have to trade. Like that's your only option: trade future assets, trade. It's not your only traffic. option. It I've really got a is. whole list of options. So the next category, now that we've gotten out of kind of those, you know, one A, one B, these are the guys that I would qualify as the high level handcuffs. 
Tony Pollard behind Ezekiel Elliott. I Welcome think if Zeke goes down and Pollard gets plugged into the same role, he showed he had a 30-point game last year. He was the running back one on a week. I think he's shown that he can excel in that passing offense, especially if they're to the moon right now. Zeke's getting older. He's got some miles on him. He looked a little banged up Zeke's last year. Zeke's still a top-five running back this year. He is if he plays, sure. Um, <laughs> I don't agree even with that. But still, next one, Alexander Madison. He had that game. He let you down, but that offense wants to run. He's shown some flashes of talent. He's also had a lot of times where he gets hurt. So Madison seems to shrink, shrink in the light, but I think that there's definitely potential if, if uh, Cook goes down that he can get okay. a lot of work. Here's the thing. In the, Tony Pollard's been in this league, and Madison's been in the league for two years, right? How many times in, have you been able to start either one of them like in advance? Like not, hey, they happen to blow off for the game. Like How many times have you said, hey, I'm able to start this guy and put him in your lineup? Both of them over two years. One time. Alexander Madison for one game. No, there was like three Alexander Madison games where he knew that Cook was going to be out. There's one no, that comes to mind he, with he, Pollard. No, he, he only missed one game, and he was awful in the one game. Tony Pollard, Zeke's been in pretty much every game. Pollard just blew, like, blew up during the games he was already playing. You couldn't start him. The one where he had his... These assets, you still have to pay up for these people in the you know 10th round or 9th round, and you haven't been able to start either one of them for two years except for one game, and they were... Uh, They're bad. Next high-end handcuff, Daryl Henderson. I think if Cam Akers goes down, Henderson has shown that he, you know, he got some work last year. He had some some usable games. He had, before Akers fully took over the job, he had some games where he was up in the, like, 15-point range. So, go. you doing a league for the streamers, viewers? Yeah, we'll be doing definitely a community league here. Um, do you guys draft your handcuffs as pocket, uh, also based on how bad you think the starter is? It weighs into my mind how much I think the starter will get injured. Not Especially necessarily the, how bad. Well, I, I, I would say with the rookies, it makes a difference. Yeah, with the rookies, 100%. That's a different category. They're not cuffs as much as, like, the up-and-comer. Right. Um, let me just run through the other high-end <laughs> guys. Show. Zeke is in the best shape of his life, I hear. Yeah. I think uh, every NFL player is in the best shape of their life right now. Next one on the high-end list, A.J. Dillon, I think, could be very useful if um, Aaron Jones goes down. Gus Edwards, that team wants to run the ball. Gus Edwards can run. They just haven't given him a lot of goal work. So if Dobbins, something happens to him, Gus Edwards, I think, is valuable. Kenyon Drake, I know you hate him. If uh, Josh Jacobs misses time, as I predict, Kenyon Drake will be usable. He will be started on teams. And the next one, Latavius Murray, I think it was two years ago, had a good stretch of being in that RB1 range when uh, Alvin Kamara was out. Well, he was good with the Vikings, too. I mean, he was... He's a good runner. The guy for the Vikings before they got cooked. So, so those are the guys that, like, if I have that player on that team, I want those guys on my bench if I can get them in, like, the 10th round or something These like These are that. guys that, at the end of last year, were on waivers. Like, it, you, you couldn't start them. Aaron Jones hasn't missed very many games at all. I don't know that A.J. Dillon is going to get all the work if he is the guy. Um, I, I just think it's so hard to predict. Even if the, the lead running back goes out, I don't think the number two, A.J. Dillon, is going to get 100% of that next week work. He's going to get 60%. So 60% of and then 80% Hill gets the of the total A.J. Dillon should hit 80% workload if Aaron Jones misses time. I just don't know if they view him as maybe that type they don't of Maybe they don't run that much, but he's again, he's built like a horse. I think they like him. Um, another strategy for handcuffs. So let's say you're like Nick, you don't want to draft a handcuff in the actual NFL draft. And it is, it can be a long time to have a guy holding the spot that you're not using. Another strategy is when you get later into the year, when you get around, you know, that week nine, 10, then adding those guys instead of some of your depth pieces that you haven't needed, that you haven't ever played in a game. If you've got like a, like a Jamison Crowder next year or something like that. I think once, once you're, once you're past the trade deadline, I think it's, then a little more likely to okay. want to pick up a handcuff here and there. Like, for sure, if, if you're good for the playoffs, you know you have enough, you know, quality starters, tra trade those those pieces out of the way like I was talking about. Make a run for the playoffs, trade a couple pieces away, and then you have a couple bench spots at the, you know, at the bottom to, to throw a couple handcuffs on there, if they're even available. Yeah, so another pro tip is sometimes you'll have a guy on your roster spot that um, – their game happens, and maybe you can drop them before. Again, it depends on the format you play. And I think in Yahoo, it's either you can drop them beforehand or you can move them like to a, a different spot, like the IR or something, and you can throw a guy on your bench. Um, so let's say, yeah, you picked up a guy as a spot start. You wanted to see if he had some potential, his fl flugelhorn or whatever, fulgum. <laughs> you got fulgum on your bench. It's the second game in a row. He's been terrible. Yeah, You can see his game, drop him, and pick a player up that will be in the Monday night game. So if you grab that guy's cuff before the game and then the running back does get hurt, all of a sudden you've got that guy without having to blow your fab. 
If you wait to the point where you have to um, use your waiver priority or blow your fab to get a guy and you don't have that top waiver priority or a high fab, they will be gone. People do understand that you need to grab these guys after an injury. Everybody looks at them, and then they, everybody sees on all the shows, they're like, grab this guy, grab this guy. Yeah, well, I think it's people are just desperate as well for, you know, running backs, you know, especially middle late in the year. Like, everybody's, like, hurting for running backs. Like, the teams that don't really have a chance after that because if you're that desperate for a running back, like, you're going to be in trouble. Oh, Greg hello says, from hello from Boston. He's out there Welcome in New in. England. Welcome Wicked just, hardcore. Just hanging out, just vacationing. Yeah, went down. I think he is officiating a wedding, actually, is okay. the story. So nice. he was sending me some pictures. Uh, some of the founding fathers, I think it was John Hancock, Paul Revere, and uh, <laughs> I forget the third one. They're gravestones. Very modest. Like, just, I thought they'd be giant like monuments, but no. Um, okay, you want Tony Pollard or Trey Sermon? Um, so that one, I'd take Trey Sermon on the upside, unless I have Zeke. If I have Zeke, I'd rather have Tony Pollard. All right, would you rather have... So here, let me get into the next yeah, level because some of the guys that you're about to come up on, yeah. on guys. 2021, the return of Tariq Cohen to the dismay of all Bears fans. <laughs> yes. Let's go, uh, Tariq. Cohen sucks. He just runs Tariq. the wrong direction. It's Looks zippy-doing it, but he zippity doodahs right down out of the bounds for a negative one-yard loss. All right, next one, kind of guys that I think could be valuable handcuffs, but they're less proven. Uh, we got Penny, uh, Rashad Penny, and DJ Dallas. Uh they just are on a team that wants to run the ball a lot. Penny's been injured, so I don't believe in him. Dallas had a couple games where he was relevant, and Nick just believes that Chris Carson goes down. I don't know how you can hate all of them. Someone has to run the ball on that team. They want to run the ball. Next one, Chuba Hubbard. <laughs> they didn't last year. I like Chuba going into the draft. He got fourth-round draft capital. He's backing up Christian McCaffrey. If Mike Davis can be good behind him, why not Chuba? Chuba, I worry about his pass protection and his catching because that offense does like to throw the ball to the running back. But, again, he's kind of the cuff there. Next one, we got Jamal Williams, my guy, in uh, Detroit. They've said good things about him. I think they're just going to give Swift the ball. They said, we'll go with the hot hand, and Swift will have the hot hand because he's the best running back on that team. Uh, the reason I mainly think, worry about Jamal Williams is, you made a good point, is is he good enough to actually score fantasy points on the awful Lions team if he is the guy? Maybe not. Next one, um, some people will say that Daryl Williams is the guy to own as far as a handcuff for the Kansas City Chiefs. I disagree. I think that Darwin Thompson is the better one if CEH goes down because I think he'll, he'll come in and fill that CEH role. But CEH wasn't even good. Like, CEH. I, I agree that I think he will show improvement this year, but I mean. CEH could suffer from the same thing that we might see Kyle Pitts and Trevor Lawrence, just that giant through the moon hype. And then know. he still had a very good rookie year. After Le'Veon Bell's. But it wasn't you know, good enough horror stories about you know andy reed i don't know you see that whole thing <laughs> i did see the quote of like <laughs> lev saying that andy reed ruined his career he's like he retired before he got here man like look at his numbers they're trash andy reed bringing it uh i am the walrus goo 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 chew next one we got on the list is darrington evans so darrington evans is interesting we haven't seen a lot from him um Who? so derrick henry is the running back for the tennessee titans you may be familiar with him and they drafted darrington evans i want to say two or three years ago in the third round has not got any work because Henry's the man. Just something I wanted to bring up. I'm not trying to speak it into existence, but now that he's on Ethan's team, first of all, he's got the Ethan team jinx. Where everybody <laughs> that goes to Ethan's team just turns to crap for fantasy. It's all Ethan's fault. But I looked at kind of a, uh, it was an interesting algorithm that they used to try and predict uh, player injury, likelihood of injury. And a big part of why he was high, I think, was because of his advanced age. But Derrick Henry, with the mileage plus the age, although he's a freak of nature and built like a house, had a the highest percent chance, according to this predictor, of injury for a running back, which I just thought was an interesting thing to note. So, Darrington Evans, if Henry's there, I feel like healthy, been thinking this for like three years now, and he's still just yeah, just chugging. They're all along. fine till they're not. But <laughs> what is he? Twenty seven. Uh, yeah, and he's got more miles than anybody just in actual rushing yards. <laughs> like, like true. But that's that's those are the ones you want. Yeah, but not even just the not even counting the attempts where he didn't gain yardage. So, all know. right. After that, so, we've got the muddy backfields that are just tough. I probably don't want any piece. Chicago's a mess. Pittsburgh, uh, Snell, maybe maybe McFarland, Washington, McKissick. But I think that uh, they did grab a guy, um, uh, undrafted free agent. Or, Here's my my argument too is. I yeah, feel we're like you're, into the, you're the lower you're, level. I think you're looking too far into this. Like I mentioned before, you know, if, if you don't have a third guy that you can that you drafted or can trade for, or one that you've been flexing all year, like 
I think you're in such big trouble just trying to compete from there on in, in that, you know, it really doesn't matter if you have some Rashad Penny, like, okay, you have Chris Carson is your what second running back. And then you have Rashad Penny on the bench and you're just going to throw him right into the roster. You're just going to throw him right into your starting lineup. I, I don't think it's, you know, just, yeah. And again, I've had them down more in that, up. in that just possible. This is more like if the player that, is in front of them goes down even if they're not on the team throw them on your bench if you're aware of them some leagues ours because we're all paying attention we're all pretty quick on it you know we're just up in the middle of the night watching the waivers uh, we have made it so that they're rolling waivers where you have to bid and everybody gets a chance to pick up guys but there are some leagues where after the waivers yeah. run you can just grab anybody off of the waivers so maybe an injury comes through that like oh guy went down though, in practice like, okay and in the last and you, you know, snag penny in the last few seasons how many games has christian mccaffrey you know been out for he was out for most of last season, yeah. and Mike Davis was good for half the games and okay for half the games. Yeah, fair. Otherwise, Delvin Cook hasn't really missed much in the last two years. Derek Henry hasn't missed. Alvin Kamara hasn't missed. Saquon Barkley missed. Missed it all. Yeah, and guess what? His backups have been trash. And Nick, they still don't have a backup. Nick Chubb missed weeks, and Kareem Hunt wasn't any better, and you have to pay up for him. Yeah, that was interesting because I did try to buy Kareem at that time, and right. I thought he would blow up, and he didn't. So I don't know if that would happen again. Jonathan but. Taylor, if he goes out, I trust that offensive line enough that, you know, if you put Marlon Mack behind there, Naeem Hines, like, I would Marlon Mack. I would How does this affect Marlon Mack? Flexing one of them. But Aaron Jones hasn't really missed time. Zeke Elliott hasn't missed time. Austin Eckler's missed time, and you don't know who to start behind Austin Eckler. You know, Daryl Henderson, 100%. But, I mean, what about last oh, year? Oh, I'm sorry, Austin Eckler. I was yeah. thinking Cam no, Akers. Not Akers. I was next one on the list. Yeah. Austin Eckler. So, that's another one that I've got. And that kind of just – there's not a great kind of next guy up. So, the Los Angeles Chargers, right. they've but, got but Kelly, they've saying. got Jackson, they've got Roundtree, a rookie. I'm already through 10 running backs, and we have, okay, whoever's behind Christian McCaffrey. Other than that, I don't really want any of the backups for so maybe in the these, Colts. in these bottom-level ones I'm talking about, now we've moved past the actual guys that I want to have in a redraft league. These are more – if you have a guy on the bench, like let's say you've got Damian Williams or Khalil Herbert or Snell or McFarland, and the, the okay. main guy in front of him goes down. If he goes down – then they're just guys that maybe you can get a third-round pick for. Like, but here's maybe the thing. you can turn into some those level are, of value. Those are already people that have had the spot before and done nothing with it. It's also spots that also aren't... Damien, Super Bowl MVP. Aren't producing. Should have been. It's also positions that aren't producing right now that you're going to want to start the, the backup option in a role that's not producing. Like, just because it's a role doesn't mean it's a good role. Okay, you know, let's say, you know, the... Harris uh, goes down for Pittsburgh, right? Okay, well, Snell's had the role, and he sucks. McFarland's had the role, and he sucks. You're, you're not going to just set him and roll him in for that, that spot just because they're the starting running back. No, and just fun fact, like last year in Dynasty, I did have a game I started DJ Dallas, and I did have a game I started Boston Scott, and both, both times I got over 10 points. So, again, there's just times. It's very situational. If I had a better running yeah. back at that time, I would go with that running back. But... There's just a point where it's like, I got nobody. Like, you've been there. You, you For picked sure. up Lynn Bowden Jr. and threw him in the running back but spot. You, like, you need to use those extra roster spots on more meaningful players or players that could find a role on their own, not just if somebody gets hurt. Um, a lot of lead RV spots are up for grabs this year's pocket. Uh, won't know who the lead RV is till probably there the you go. Priest Lynn Bowden saved later. Banjo's fantasy. So, again, that was nice because you could wait, you could get him late. But a guy like. So a guy that I traded for that I do not have hit the, the you know the starting I don't have Cam Akers but I did trade uh, for Daryl Williams or I'm sorry Daryl Henderson and I think that just he's the kind of guy if Akers goes down and he's gonna miss yeah, let's say it's a season ending injury in week six like I can take Daryl Henderson and make that into something. Here's the thing. I think Cam Akers is a good running back. I think yeah he's good. Henderson is just a guy and Akers even still had what, 22 rush attempts for, like, 72 yards? Like, his efficiency was still crap, and they gave him all the work. They're not going to give Henderson yep. all the work, and I don't think he's going to be as They don't have Malcolm Baker. Brown so there anymore, and he was part of that three-headed that thing. Player? Gainwell to the Gainwell to the no. moon. Uh, Gainwell had a bad 40 <laughs> time. He's got good hands, but they've also got Boston Scott there who's got hands. He's a smaller guy. Uh, we're both out on Gainwell. If you get him, though, maybe. I, I like Gainwell, too. I just yeah. hate the team. Ugh. I hate the team. Not Did you I. watch this tape? It's. It, he was fun to watch. He can catch. This tiny man that can catch. Uh, Pocky, you guys think Carrion Johnson could surpass Miles Sanders? Both are injury prone. I don't 
think so. Nah. Um, I don't think Miles Sanders is that good, but I really don't think Kerryon Johnson's that good either. Um, had your kids, had your wife. We're not taking any Eagles up in here. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, no I, Eagles. Uh, I'm not ready to get hurt again by the Eagles. <laughs> I think, you know, there are, there are wide receivers where I look at them, and it's like maybe Rager bounces back, maybe. So I, yeah. I was just looking at the stat again about – what, rookie, rookie wide receivers not surpassing, I guess, 525 to 600 yards in that range. It's like, it's nobody. It, it is absolutely nobody. If you don't hit that benchmark, you're done. Now, like, there's ever no again or in their second year? No, ever. Because there they used to be never become a, a rule of thumb when I was getting into fantasy that I was looking at. And it's changed a lot even in like the four years I've been doing it where they were wanting you to look for wide receivers looking for that third-year breakout. That was the thing, the third-year breakout, the third-year breakout. No, those are people that lose. Uh, I'm all in for a Goddard if I can't get monster tight ends. I, I, I think that's an okay plan. He showed flashes of being good last season. I just don't trust them at all, and I will not be picking up Goddard. Yeah, I don't know if Hertz is going to utilize the tight end like Wentz did. Um, they, as of right now, haven't got rid of Zach Moss yet. Or I'm sorry, um, Zach Hertz yet. And Goddard's had injuries. He's not the guy I'm reaching for because he's actually going higher than a lot of other guys that I'd rather have. I'd rather have, oh, man. Like, if you can get – there are some leagues still where Kyle Pitts is going lower. That's going to shoot up by the time we're actually drafting. All right, here's the 525 rule. Um, Here's a list of first through third-round receivers from 2015 to 2019 with less than 525-yard rookie season. So you're going to recognize some of these names. Nikhil Harry. Uh, Jay Jaws, Paris Campbell, Andy Isabella, Jalen Hurd, Miles Boykin. All trash right now. Uh, DJ Shark, Dante Pettis, Anthony Miller, James Washington, Traquan Smith. DJ Shark, he mentions down here, had like was a top six wide receiver for about like four weeks. Yeah. And other than that, nothing. Uh, Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John Ross, Zay Jones, Taewon Taylor. So Corey Davis had a good season this year, got over 1,000 yards. The rest have been trash. Yeah, Mike Williams had a 10-touchdown season. I, yeah, but he was never he's healthy. He's his, been his highest finish was like wide receiver A lot of that's been injury. A lot of these guys, injury has been a big piece. Uh, of Corey Coleman, Josh Dotson in 2016, and then 2015, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Brashad Perriman, Philip Dorsett, Devin Smith, um, Doriel Green-Beckham, Devin Funches, and like seven others. Like, yeah, Devontae Parker had a fifth-year breakout. Nelson Aguilar, there's some a little bit of a breakout last uh, year. The comment was the only ones that were salvageable were Corey Davis in year four, Devontae Parker in year five and Shark for like six weeks in year two. Um, <laughs> it said, and going back even further, Devontae Adams is really the only outlier in the whole model. So, right. I mean, it, it's crazy. It, again, you say, oh, well, they're hurt. They're hurt. Well, they're never going to be not hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so they're I just am, never becoming a thing. I'm, yeah, I've seen this stat. I'm actually, I put some credence into it. I do like it as a measure. Uh, if you're predicting guys, because again, it has been very accurate. Any t- any one guy could break the mold, but um, but so like you're looking guys for guys that exception. get hurt two years in a row. So, for example, Jalen Hurd I liked, and um, Paris Campbell I liked, but they both got hurt, and then they got hurt again. And if they get hurt two years in a row, then I'm just out. If um, he gets suspended twice in a row, like Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman, man, there's still time, right? There's still time. I mean, uh, yeah, I think he's still like 23 years old. So let me just run down um, again. So the the backfields that you just don't really want a piece of Chicago, Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, the Chargers, and Miami. Maybe McKissick and PPR, but I don't think they're going to throw it to him like they did last year. They're not going to check it down with uh, Fitzmagic. And then there's that last here. This is just the running backs where there's no real great running back. Nobody who just feels like, oh, they're just going to be able to go in and take it over. These are ones I just like to keep an eye on. And if you see a guy start to emerge, even if they emerge early and it's like, Oh, I watched Philly, and it was Kenny Gainwell out there for eighty percent of the snaps. Or oh, I watched. Um, just can't buy in, yeah. Like Atlanta, we know it's Mike Davis, but you know, let's say one of those guys, maybe Javian Hawkins, undrafted free agent, if he comes out and starts to overtake him and look good. The Jets, the Jets are a good example. Some people are really into Michael Carter, the rookie. Um, I've also heard some takes that he's not going to be good, and that, I've heard a lot of Ty Johnson uh, but, hype. That's one that I'm watching, and if Ty Johnson starts to emerge and everybody thought it was going to be Michael Carter and Ty Johnson's out there, I'll scoop him up on the chance that he becomes the guy. Um, I just think if you're put in a position where you have to start Ty Johnson, like you're already done. Yep. And then you've got the New York Giants, who apparently their backup is Booker. They've got nobody. I don't know if they're going to sign Gurley. I don't know what they're going to do. they got nobody. It's Saquon, a guy who just got hurt and is coming off a giant injury, and maybe he's ready. And the Giants are just setting themselves up for failure with a million wide receivers, a quarterback that can't throw, and no running back. 
And then we have, what's the opposite of like a unicorn, like a bad unicorn, like just uh, a an donkey. abomination. <laughs> and it is the the Houston Texans backfield right now. Oh, it's bad. Consisting of David Johnson, maybe you take a shot on, but then they've got Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and Rex Burkhead just to top it all oh, off. Yeah, and no part, I will never own any of those guys in no league unless David Johnson falls to like the 12th round. I just don't want it. Yeah, no, it, it's a mess. That's a why donkey. <laughs> that's why you got to take the premium guys. A donkey with a bullet wound. It's like the opposite yeah. of a unicorn. I see where you're going. Uh, um, but yeah, I think that's why you got to have. Are you saying pow? You have two or three of the top <laughs> 15 guys here in my mind. You know, that's that's kind of, or you just need to have extremely good health for the playoffs. Because uh, that's that's is what that's what's going to come down to, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so now, if you check us out on YouTube, go ahead in the comments. Let us know if you like to handcuff. When you like to, if you do. Um, if you had guys that bailed you out in the end, same you know chat. If you have any thoughts on it. Um, yeah, I think that if nothing else, be aware of all these players, and maybe you can sw- snatch them up off of waivers at the right time. Maybe you can add them the week before your guy gets in. You know, if you time things up. A week before your guy, well, we got to be predictive of injuries. The now? guys on this list will have relevance at some point or another. It can be hard to predict, but if you hit on it, it can save your year. It could win you a year. It can fill that gap. I had Saquon Barkley last year in one league, went down week two, went undefeated the rest of the year, and got second place in that league. So you can come back from those big injuries. Who's your next running back? Oh, my gosh, I'd have to uh, – I want to say I hit on David Montgomery in that one, and that's what saved me. Okay, so you're still a top-10 running back. Yeah, for the second half. Yeah. Okay. I like that you admit that David yeah. is a top-10 running back. He was last year. Serenity now! He was last year. On this list, he is number 17. <laughs> Where, what number running back does David Montgomery finish this year? Give me a number. 13. Ooh, you're higher than I thought you'd be. All right, that's that's very interesting. I didn't think you'd go that high on it. Um. Yeah, I don't like them, but there's just so many bad running backs. Just so many bad running backs. There are backs. actually... Pockets is 12. Yeah, I think in that in that range. I think okay. there are a lot of running backs that have the potential to be in the top 12, but they are going off the board very quickly. The first three honestly, rounds... Honestly, I'm surprised there's there's a lot of running backs I, I wouldn't mind having. I mean, obviously, the first... Uh, I don't love Kamara. I don't love Saquon, but I take them both. Uh, Austin Eckler is probably the first one that I'm like, I'd rather pass on. Yeah, I like Austin Eckler. I know. Year. Running I, behind I, a good line. They like to throw it to him. It's just, can he stay healthy? I get it. There's it's no just, other good running back. We know that. Again, no draft capital, no draft capital and injuries. It, two things that scare me. The draft capital argument has held true in a number of situations. James Robinson is a great example. I think it's a little bit different when it's a guy who worked on a team, established himself, and it's not like, he broke out, was undrafted, had one good year, and now he's gone. But if a guy who's like, he was on the team for four but years, he got better and better, I, I he's get emerged. That, but I'd still rather have Antonio Gibson or Josh Jacobs or Zeke if if I can split hairs. Honestly, Cam Akers as well. So I'd rather have any of those guys over Austin Eckler just, so, just for peace of mind. Just for peace of mind. That's interesting. Austin Eckler has, I think, a wide range of outcomes. But I, I think that's what scares me. I think his ceiling could be top seven. Hundred percent. But I just don't like it. Uh, thoughts on Jaguar signing says Nick Weum. Welcome in. Uh, I Another think, Nick. There can be only one. I think Urban Meyer is just just drowning right now. I don't think he exactly knows what he's so, doing. By signings. We talked about Tim Tebow on a previous yes. episode. Yes, we did. Love it. I'm predicting 15 touchdowns. Overtakes Kelsey as the number one tight end. Oh, that was None sarcasm. of this is true. None of this is but, true. Wrong. What's going to be Tebow's role? You are fake news. Uh, to sit on his couch at home. Uh, I just don't think he makes the team. I if, could see Tebow not making the team. Um, he's got history with Urban, so I think they're just hanging out. He can mentor some guys. In a way, it's like having a, a guy who was in the NFL who, you know, it know is a good presence, seems to be a good guy who can mentor some guys. And sell some jerseys. Yeah. I Publicity stunt, I could see that. It's you okay. Know, it just, brings attention to the team. I mean, uh, Tebow is always a good story. Like, I get it. Yeah, I even if it. he could just come in and talk to Trevor Lawrence about, hey, here's what my experience was like coming in as a high-profile you know, quarterback. still getting crapped on. Yeah. You know? um, I don't think that hurts. Uh, Tebow can be the best Jaguars uh, wide receiver. Wait, what? Water boy. Water boy, gotcha. Dragwa, yeah. wah, wah, water boy. Oh, water boy. Gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just don't think he's going to necessarily make the team. If he does, I don't think he's really going to get any reps. You'll see him through some some preseason games. They'll probably give him a couple of fun plays to to try out, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, let's see. Sogo likes Akers and Henderson, or he thinks they're overhyped. I think Akers is going to be really good. I, I don't know how you feel on this. But I think if Akers is healthy, he's going to be very good. I don't think they're going to give him the workload that they saw at the end of last year, which some people are predicting. I know that people are like, oh, but McVay put Gurley in there and they let him work it all the time. But I think Akers. Um, Thanks for the follow. Hey, Nick, we am happy to have you. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, so we'll jump. Because you, you got the follow, you get your question just shot to the front <laughs> of the line. Uh, forget all your Tebow questions, Sogo. Uh, will Edelman <laughs> join Brady and Gronk? No, Edelman will not. I don't know if you saw his quote. He had a quote that came out where he said, hey, I'm a one-team I'm a guy. One team like, guy. I'm out. I'm not going to go. What mean? Um, but on the other hand, if they called him and he was just drunk one night, like Julian, <laughs> Julian, hop in the car. Uh, All right, yeah, why let's not? Do it. Yeah, I was hoping that James White would get pulled over, uh, so I picked him up in a dynasty league, hoping that just that that he would go instead of Gio Bernard. So I traded for Antonio Brown. Like, yeah, I'm still pretty hyped on the outlook for Antonio. That's another argument as to why Edelman won't go. They've got a million wide receivers right now. Uh, Edelman will come back for second half of the season, my guess. Yeah, I mean, he said he's a, I'm a one team guy. He didn't say I'm. Fully retired. I'm not playing football again. So yeah, I don't see him coming back. Maybe if the Disney was the Patriots are decent about halfway through the season, they'll think about it. Uh, oh. Forget about so question. I'm if sorry. you unfollow come and follow on. again, then we'll answer the question. Yeah. All right. I don't so think so go. Like we talked about Tebow. Tebow to the moon. Greatest tight end of all time. Where will Aaron Rodgers play next season? All right, Aaron Rodgers probably in Shayna Woodley's backyard. Um, not not a metaphor uh, of her mansion, like. No, man. I think that Rodgers plays with the Packers. That's still what I think. I think that, I agree. first of all, there are not a lot of other good options of places that could get him. The only one that makes a little bit of sense is Denver to me. Um, other than that, is there anywhere you could see being a possible landing spot? I know the 49ers expressed interest before the draft. Don't... They said he wasn't available, and then they took Trey Lance. So they kind of got that short up. There's only, like, a couple teams that are really, like, plug-and-play could be Super Bowl contenders just missing a quarterback. And Really, I think it's the Broncos, which we've kind of talked to death um, as an option. Honestly, I think the Bears with the right quarterback could have a, a chance. Um, nah. But other than that, like the 49ers, the Patriots would it'd be a Patriotsy move. But I don't know that Tom or that I don't know that Aaron wants to go over to Bill's system. Bill Belichick, you done messed up, AA Ron. And they just say, "Screw you, Lafleur." I can see that. I can see them getting along. Cowboys, um, no, they got Dak. Dak, they just paid. And their defense is horrendous. <laughs> well, horrendous. That's all right. They're not playing him to play defense. No, but he's saying, yeah, but I, I think he's only going to go to a team that has a chance of winning a Super Bowl. That's it. Patriots did just, just draft the future. Mac, uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, but they could let him sit behind Aaron Rodgers and watch him go. play. You know? <laughs> and just Rodgers be angry that he's there. Like, yeah. Who drafted this guy? Yeah, what Who's the hell? doing this? Why, why is this guy why here? Did he, why didn't anybody ask me? He's looking at me funny. Uh, football hell sounds good for Rodgers after all that. Yeah, we all hope that it's just to like the Raiders. <laughs> it's like, hey, go go yeah. rot on the Raiders. Well, like Pocket says, <laughs> trade him to Houston for for Deshaun Watson. So that one is one that won't happen. That is very interesting. It would be interesting. You're right. It's just not going to happen. Um, but that does and Watson then, play football this year? No, but you know who takes over for Green Bay? Blake Bortles. Do you want to go to war, Balaki? Balaki. Balaki. Can't um, wait. Oh, that'd be. Again. So if, if he's the quarterback, what do they finish this year? Blake record. Bortles? Yeah. If Bortles is their quarterback, what's their record? <sighs> Eight wins still. Oh, like they find a way. God. Like they're There's still no good. There's no way. Um, There's no way. No, but with the other guys that they have, again, they've got five and twelve. Devonte, they've got you know, Tanyan was a good tight end as far as efficiency. They've got you know, so good I've, running I've seen backs, this and they good line. Devonte, they've been like, oh, Devonte, if Rodgers isn't there, he's going to be nobody. It's like he was still like a wide receiver one with every garbage quarterback they had the entire time Rodgers has been hurt. So uh, there's not really any fear of Devonte Adams slipping. I don't know that I'd say there's no fear. I think there's. A fair bit of fear. I wouldn't draft him in the same spot if Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to be there. But he can still be. Again, I've heard him placed as like if Rodgers goes low end RB one, like high end RB two, which is yeah. still very good. But nine eight with Bortles is so go. Ah, I just eight don't see and it. nine. I'll switch it. Eight and nine. 
Five and twelve. They get to play the Lions twice, right? The Bears will find one way to split. Just everybody they'll keeps bumble fading it. the Lions, and I, I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody else is worried they're going to be. They are the worst. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Just the team. Just like, drop it. I'm all. putting the over under for the Lions at four and a half. Oh my, four and a half. You are the highest that anyone has ever been on the Lions. Let me see if I got, I got something for you here. Send it. All right. Nick is vibing on the Detroit Lions. You heard it. I just don't know why everybody fades them so hard every year. I'm like, I get their bet. I get it. They're in a rebuild, also. I know. They just got a new quarterback. They just got a new coach. Swift. Swift is good. Hawkinson's good. I know they're on your team. Worst quarterback in the league, though. Uh, No, he's not the worst. worst. It's hopefully uh, love for the Green Bay Packers after Bortles. They got got him twenty-eight on this list. I don't know if I'd put him twenty-eight. Pocket likes what Campbell's doing. They're doing a rebuild. If you're going to do a rebuild, they're not doing it the worst way. Um, See, that's the thing, Pocket. They're going to have an awesome O line and defensive line. If you have a good offensive line, it makes a lot of things easier. I mean, yeah. I... and they just took Penny Sewell, the top-rated offensive lineman in that draft. Right. I think that's going to be a great and piece Hawkinson for them to build is around. a mismatch. Swift is really good. If they can get anything out of the wide receivers, I mean, I don't think they're going to be as bad as everybody thinks they're going to be. Is this um, a question for the best offensive line in the league for the Lions? I think, uh, or what I think is he's just the, asking. Or Lions, just... no. Uh, best offensive line in the league. The Colts ranked very highly last year. They did lose, uh, I want to say it was either a guard or a tackle that they did not address like some people thought they would in the NFL draft. They actually went defensive ends. Um, so they're yeah. going to be a little bit downgraded from last Colts, year. But... Cowboys, Browns, I think are still your, your best offensive nah, lines. Cowboys... They're, they're not in the top 10 anymore, I don't think. Oh, yeah. I mean, they had injuries last so, year, but they still have all the pieces. If you ask me to predict ahead of time who's going to have the number one offensive line in the NFL this year, I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers. I think that they added a lot of high-level pieces in the draft as well as in free agency, and they're going to be just the most, not only the most improved, but the number one offensive line. So I'll say it again. Williams, RB1 in Detroit by week eight. Just no way. There's just no way. Hey, I'm rooting for it. I got him in Dynasty. Uh, Nick doesn't believe in handcuffs, so he didn't get him. So, Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Uh, Mention if Indy still had luck. Uh, they did wait a little too long to address the line. Uh, but the thing is, when you pay Andrew Luck a lot of money, you can't really pay for a lineman. It, it gets really expensive. Did he get into his second contract? Uh, he did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what was the lineman they drafted a year ago? Um, he was really good as well for the Colts. Uh, the Colts are set up uh, to to win. Like that's a team that Aaron Rodgers could go to and really. I think it's Quinn Nelson. Is that Quinn the guy? Nelson, yeah, that's the one. That's Quinn the one. Nelson is a stud, and the story, he almost fell to the Bears. Yeah, the only story I heard about him is that he's like in practice, just destroying the practice squad guy, and like the GM <laughs> was walking by, and he's like. How am I supposed to get any better if you keep sending these weaklings and losers <laughs> to play like to face me? Like just a ridiculous like Pancakes, he might be a jerk, exactly. but hey, like, uh, you gotta love that, yeah. that aggressiveness. Pancakes, rock pancakes. Yeah, um, yeah. Beyond that, no, I think, but yeah, the Texans and the Lions. I have them at just that bottom of the barrel in NFL teams next year, and we'll see how it pans out yeah. for them. The Lions at least feel like they're trying to start over and rebuild and doing something. The Texans, it's the most bipolar thing I've ever seen. <laughs> They're running back room right now. Can you just imagine sitting in there and like you're like the the coordinator, just the running backs coach, and you're looking at David Johnson, Rex Burkhead, Philip Lindsay, and Mark Ingram? Like what a strange cast of characters just be like, they're like, all right, what are we doing, coach? He's like I, I don't know. I have we no don't even idea. have a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Deshaun's in the locker room with the no, who knows what he's doing, but um we won't go there. All righty. But anyways, no, I think it'll is, be interesting is to Taylor see. Taylor the, the quarterback for them week one? Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I think that it could it's just a whole other team with if no, no suspension comes out. And I don't even think that he's the, the starting quarterback week one because of a suspension. I think he's the quarterback week one because Deshaun refuses to play. Okay. And Does he get traded then? I think yes. I think at some point, if he won't play for the team and he's got all this other stuff going on, the problem is like 
he is an elite asset if he is cleared and able to play and all the other stuff goes away. And they need to wait for a point where they can sell him higher than like, what What does he demand now on the market? I, I'd be interested to see. Nick Maybe Williams a team says, wants to take a chance, but I can see if they don't. Nick Williams got a fun question. If you were starting a franchise, you could pick any QB, RB, and wide receiver in the league or in this year's draft, who would you pick? Um, I think we'll like probably actually have some of the same players here. I think it's got to be Patrick Mahomes yeah, for quarterback. Because part, partially because of the youth, um, but definitely I think... Pocket, I think, is right on the money. I think Metcalf and probably... Am I taking CMC here? Um, yeah, he's still young. Um, maybe JT. Uh, pretty fresh. Honestly, I'm probably still taking Christian McCaffrey here. Yeah, I think Pocket's probably on the right track here. Mahomes, CMC, and Metcalf. I might get away from Metcalf, and I might actually go with Devontae Adams. I know he's older, but I think you can squeeze out three solid years of him. And yeah. we talked about in Dynasty, three years. AJ Brown, maybe. Like, he's up there as well. I Justin hate- Jefferson, you like Jefferson. I think we both are waiting to see that it's real. Does that I, make sense? I love Justin Jefferson, uh-huh. but I don't believe it yet. I just don't believe it yet. I think that it'd be interesting just to see how he does with the Vikings next year. Cause I think one of the things that could hold him back is just the Vikings Vikings defense getting better. Dylan's still there. If he was on another team, like if he was in Calvin Ridley's spot or if he was in like, even if you switched him with T Higgins or something, it'd be interesting to see in what Calvin his Ridley's ceiling spot though. I don't look Aging at quarterback. The, the Vikings as, the same as the Atlanta Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to have a higher passing volume this year. I think but, they're going to have... But, Mike, you're missing the point again. The Vikings had a bottom third passing attack, like, and he still put up those numbers. That's yeah, what I'm that's saying. what I'm saying. If he went to a better one, though, how good could he be? That's what I mean. He'd be even better, but yeah. he was still a top that's 10. That's kind of the argument in, I was in a, making. In a low-end passing team. And, again, what I was saying is if he was that good in a low-end passing team, how good could he be in a I agree, end? but then you're you're discounting the you work take, he's done. You take him and you throw him on the Packers, like, and Aaron comes back, and everybody's happy in sunshine and rainbows. I'm afraid of it. But. <laughs> so what do you guys make of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? I uh, think that that was a great move for the Titans. I think at first, my first reaction was that it really hurt Julio Jones. I've come around to thinking that maybe he could be slight downgrade, not like a full... Full bail. I think you have Julio Jones. Yeah, I think he's gonna be a high end too. That's kind of where I'm, I'm. I think that's very, very plausible. I'm, I'm hoping he's better than uh, Corey Davis, but I think AJ Brown. <laughs> so go better. takes Trubisky, Moss, and Marquez Valdez Scantling <laughs> for his just gonna uh, franchise. throw bombs all you day. You must be running yards short of MVS. Must be running the Texans. Uh, Moss is just gonna be wondering why he's even here. Uh, does it mean less touches for Henry? I don't think so. So, again, a lower amount of passes for uh, the Titans, uh, really high efficiency, really high efficiency from the running attack, too. I think they're still going to utilize Henry, and I think Henry's going to have less guys stacked in the box. No, it's a smash and grab, and they were in just that that one trade, I feel like, went from being like kind of in that 20 range to like in the t- like 10 range. Okay. You make sure... They remember forever the night they played the Titans. We're going to get banned like pocket. Great movie. <laughs> uh, you guys have a lot of faith in Tannehill. Yeah, Tannehill's numbers are actually very good. I, saw, I don't want to. I saw a comparative breakdown of Tannehill's numbers versus Patrick Mahone's numbers, and they were way closer than you would imagine. Uh, I don't know if I could find it off the top of my head. but I don't believe in them yet, but I'm... I have to keep. I, you got to go with it at this point. He's done it for two years in a row. Uh, I think you have to believe a little bit. Uh, Smith and Henry are going to have a great year blocking for Cam to score running touchdowns. <laughs> I, Cam, I don't even want to. I don't want to watch any Patriots games at all. I all hope very much that Cam gets taken out and McCorkle goes in and he makes Aguilar good. Um, <laughs> so far, Henry and Janu both tight ends injured. Uh, if you've seen that come out of the training camp, uh, not shocking. It is Mr. Glass in our in our dynasty league. Yeah, Hunter Henry out. So I thought maybe he'd get hurt and Janu could be good. And I went to trade for Janu, and by the time I did, he was injured. Uh, so, all right. So this is. How good has Ryan Tannehill been since taking over for the Titans? So 24 starts with the Titans versus the last 24 starts uh, for Mahomes with the Chiefs. Quarterback rating, Tannehill 114, uh, Mahomes 105.9. P- 
passing yards. Tannehill, 6,080. Mahomes, 6,983. Total touchdowns. Tannehill, 61. Mahomes, 56. Interceptions. 10 interceptions for both. Completion percentage. Tannehill, 67.7. Mahomes, 66.4. So, why does Mahomes have more points? Uh, The touchdown numbers, you would think would be it. But actually, again, it says... Tannehill's got 61 to his 56. One of the big things for fantasy is that Mahomes rushes more. But Tannehill can punch it in. Uh, it was just something that when I looked at it, I was like, is that right? And I double-checked it. And, uh, yeah, you can look it up. But Yeah, no, he's been Rushing TDs is also a big game. He's been good. He's been good. But again, Tannehill, um, Tannehill again, punch it in. A.J. Brown has been just crazy efficient, too. He scores from everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. But I oh. think that's partly, partly because they have to watch Derrick Henry every single freaking play. Um, all right, we're gonna start wrapping it up. Hold on, real quick, final I wanna... questions. AJ Brown has hurt a lot again, but he plays. He still plays. Um, there's a lot of that. I mean, Julio Jones, Hopkins. I mean, they're hurt a lot, and they still go out there and play. Less so last year for Julio, but so last year Come we on, had. Um, this is quarterback finish in half PPR. So half PPR doesn't matter. But Pat Mahomes had 375.4 points. And he was the number four quarterback on the year. Ryan Tannehill with 345.4 points, and he was quarterback eight. So very startable. 30 points difference, um, which if you can if you can take game. Pat Mahomes in the second or you can take Tannehill in, in the 15th. You know, yeah, that's why we wait on quarterback. For sure, for sure. Uh, something I like we actually just... <laughs> do like Tannehill. There are other guys that are more exciting, more flashy, but I – to an extent, I had one league where I picked up Tannehill and I did use him later in the year, and I'm actually kind of in. Uh, with Julio going there, of all the guys, when you ask, like, hey, how does this Julio trade affect people? What does it do for Julio? What does it do for AJ? What does it do for Henry? The guy it helps the most is Ryan Tannehill to the moon. So I might actually go for a Tannehill in a couple of leagues. So go still praying for Favre to come out of retirement and Rodgers to kill oh, me, too. It'd be so epic, his comments <laughs> are like... Man, there have been a couple of uh, former quarterbacks who have been hypercritical of Aaron Rodgers, which is interesting. I think Terry Bradshaw, uh, who knows what level of you know salinity he's at, but right. man, his comments were scathing. So if you get a chance, go look those up. All right. Crazy. All righty. I think that's uh, it for today. Nagy says uh, Justin Fields will not be the starting quarterback, and there's zero chance of it. So, so here's the quick last question of the day from Pocket. Do uh, Does Mike like Tannehill over uh, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford, and Jared the Goff? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, Nick's got Stafford, so he's got to say Stafford. Yeah, but. I'd still like – I think I like Stafford in the same realm. About, about the same. About the same for me. Uh, so I'm going, Pocket, I'm going, thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate um, you. We'll see you on the next one. We're planning on doing it again next Tuesday. Um, maybe we'll do another mock draft. I don't know. We'll All see. right. We'll, we'll see, see it going. Job's done. All right, everybody. Thanks for stopping by, and we'll see you on the next one.